The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. <laughs> Folks, before we even start tonight, uh, let me say as kind of a kind of a heads up, kind of a yeah. kind of an asterisk. As exhausted as Michael Sean Lee and I are due to family obligations and oh, I don't know, actual jobs. Right. I think we're the last two working men left in America. I think so. Uh, you people are lucky we're even doing this podcast because we're exhausted. And just keep in mind how alcohol affects you when you're exhausted. 
I mean, in all honesty, you always have you, to introduce that. You crutch. get the most bang for your buck, <laughs> you know, when you're in that place. Whatever. <laughs> I can't tell the difference because, frankly, you're always drinking. Am I? Yes, I am. your drinking That's... is tearing this family apart. Oh my goodness! But more importantly, yes. Not since <laughs> the uh, the American comedy classic, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Has a panty rate of sorts, a revenge rate, if you will. Shaken this nation <laughs> to its core. <laughs> Folks, only Johnny Kevlon could put the raid at Mar-a-Lago in the context of a panty raid. Exactly. So that's going to be our lead topic. Exclusive but first, here at Riffs and Rants. But first, Michael Tronley is going to do his darndest to explain why we opened with the song that we did. Well, like I said, you know, if you're going to open the song, uh, open a show with a Black Sabbath tune, that means we're getting down to business. We're just not mucking around here. And I say mucking around because I was warned about F-bombs prior to going into the show. Impressive was, recall, yeah. It, it was, That was like know, five minutes ago. It kind of was, impressed. yeah. And, you know, it was, it was uh, a viable warning. It was. Because we are more inclined in such circumstances. Sure. And but, we're, we're uh, leading, we're doing our best to, uh, you know, instill certain... Oh, I don't know, qualities standards. in America's youth. Standards. Yeah. We have standards. Yeah. The yeah. vanguard of American broadcasting Absolutely. right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it is kind of uh, interesting uh, with Paranoid. It was the, uh, the first single off the 1970 Black Sabbath album of the same name, Paranoid. And it's kind of funny because <laughs> the lyrics of the song never use the word paranoid. Hmm. And... Uh, it was kind of funny. The band apparently wanted to name the album War Pigs uh-huh. off a different song off the same album. Right. And the record label felt that calling it Paranoid would be more acceptable to the public. It was less offensive. Huh. So, yes, as shocking as it is Well, then again, 1970, consider, the Vietnam conflict oh was God, still yes. raging on. So, Well, just the idea that, that Black Sabbath would consider a less offensive route well, is, yeah. is kind of amusing. <laughs> when you're that young, you kind of do what the a <laughs> guy tells you. No. And, it, you know, early on in their career as, uh-huh. as recording artists, that kind of thing is uh, significant, right. without a doubt. It resonated with a young, coherent audience. Yeah, you will, you will offend fewer people, <laughs> sell more albums, if you don't call the album War Pigs. Hmm. Fair enough. I, Fair kinda, enough. I can kind of understand that. Even today, I can kind of yeah. understand that. So but yes, as usual, we have an objective. We have an agenda. We have, we an, have an agenda. Uh, and, and let's just lead right off of that. Speaking of pigs. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And if you would think that this conversation would clearly be drawn upon our respective battle lines. You'd think. Um, but we're kind of, and, and we are to an extent, but I think it's more like, oh, great, another clown show. And bad. I hate the circus to begin with. It's a bad optic. <laughs> it's just such a bad optic. I mean, no matter how legitimate the reasons were to raid mm-hmm. or to serve a search warrant as the, you know, as the less uh, bombastic interpretation of the situation would be, it's a bad optic. Right. You it's know when you can serve a, a search warrant, generally a deputy wearing a tan outfit with a badge, shows up at your door, okay? <laughs> or worst case scenario, you get served by somebody. It's not like the opening credits to SWAT, 
And okay. how Johnny Teflon knows this, we will I, not. I don't know. I hear things. Into that. I know a we guy. I hear things. But yeah. But yeah, it was like, okay, uh, well, how many SUVs can we conjure up for this thing in the morning? Yeah. They didn't raid the, the meeting of the five families in Appalachia with, with a, <laughs> a force as big as what they hit Trump with. But that's not what's important they were, right they were, now. They were investigating a potential violation of the Espionage Act. Right. But bad optic. Cue the ethylene. Uh, what was the man, Rosenberg, <laughs> the selling uh, the atomic secrets? <laughs> oh, my goodness. They keep flashing their picture up there. Yeah. I mean, what's next? Somebody, like, walking down the steps with the Lindbergh baby? Way to be topical. Yeah, and fuel somebody who always, already has a way over to developed martyr complex. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know about you and uh, like countless unnamed Republicans <laughs> who are keeping their heads down, but I would just so wish this guy would go away. Just go away. But you know what? All it served to do is, if anything, which this is the part I'm not really happy about, kind of galvanize the Republican Party. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, well, we can make fun of our mom, but you can't kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And once they came after Trump, all of a sudden here comes the solidarity again. Yeah. And like you've often said in the past, you know, the Democrats created Trump. And I just didn't, when I didn't, he was starting to fall into like the didn't out say of the they, spotlight. Didn't say they created him, but to this day they will not own up to their uh their contribution mm -hmm. to creating this monster. You know, and and I think they're one and the same. Well, they're not going to get past it until they do. <laughs> and at this point, you know? they're not going to. No. Because once again, here he is, like you said, martyr in the spotlight. Yeah. And the Republicans are supporting him. Imagine being like Ron DeSantis right now. <laughs> He's doing his best Don Adams. Missed it by this much. <laughs> right? Well, you would think, I mean, again, on the surface, this looks like a dick-waving battle. <laughs> Yeah. You know, between the DOJ and Donald Trump, they mm -hmm. they asked for this, uh, for these documents back. He did not comply, and then they took the worst possible route you could take, as far as pumping this guy up. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the and the thing that bothers me most about it is the rhetoric, you know, that came out of it. All this bullshit about oh, it's war now and it's this and that. This isn't like some kind of third world deal where they arrested Trump and they arrested his people and everybody disappeared and mm -hmm. suddenly there's no... It's not like that at all, no right. matter how bad they want to spin it. But the fact of the matter is, yes, they fueled that fire. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they gave them this on the silver right. platter. You couldn't think of a better way to go about doing this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, Nancy Pelosi's teeth haven't fallen out. Uh, Chuck Schumer's doll hair hasn't yeah. sprung out of his little nebbish head. Um, <laughs> nebbish head? Nebbish head. Oh, okay. And uh, Merrick Garland can, in fact, see over the podium, so he's tall enough to ride this ride. That's the rumor. And, yeah, I just hate them all. And I, I want to take the high road and, and, you know, break this thing down and look at all the little nuances. And they're there. There are a but million you know what? nuances There are this. just so many unlikable D-bags on both sides of this. And frankly, as an American citizen, I'm tired of hearing from all of them. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. And it's just like, I, 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 I miss the Bernie Griner story right now. <laughs> Trash. I mean, it's just that, that poor thing in a vaginal colony and... Uh, oh, wait, what was that? Oh, penal colony. Yeah. Oh, no wonder why she's so upset. Yeah, you got the gender wrong. Yeah, yeah no wonder why she's yeah. so upset. Yeah. But, um, Work on it. Work on this it. This whole thing is just like yet another 
story we didn't Well, it's like escalate. Did we really need you to escalate the situation? We didn't. But yet, this is their go-to move now. Yeah. It's another reason why those two can like peck each other's eyes out a little more. Mm -hmm. And I did see an article on CNN today where... You know who's riding this whole thing out and starting to look better Do and tell. better? Do and tell better. Johnny T. Our collective President Biden. Really? And really, nothing's changed with him. But depending, of course, you know how you look at it, because everybody wants to claim victory for everything. Yeah. But depending how you look at it, he's now, in the past couple of weeks, oversaw gas prices coming down. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, and everybody gets it. If he wasn't the reason for them going up, he's not the reason for going down. But it's like sitting in the seat at that particular time <laughs> You're the makes guy. you right makes You're you either the, the hero or the goat. Absolutely. So now gas is coming down, making some people, almost me being one of them, maybe we can avert this recession. Okay. Mm-hmm. He also took out the head of Al Qaeda, or actually he was in office when we took out the head of Al Qaeda. Only took us what thirty fucking years. Right. Oh but again, shit. Sorry about the f bomb. That's it, that's it, one. It you got away two. from me. It got away from me. But yeah, he can lay claim to that because he's the one sitting in the Oval exactly. Office. Exactly. So by doing nothing differently, okay, and not kowtowing to yeah influences on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Shake up your staff. Fire this one. Do this. Do that. Kind of just sat there in his little little feeble state. Did nothing. And he's coming out more and more smelling like a rose. Well, you know, it's funny. In regards to this situation, one of the things has, that has been emphasized is that approval from Joe Biden was not required for the DOJ to do this. Correct. And that's oh, and, a, and little merit. We represent the lollipop kill. <laughs> what a fucking name. <laughs> There's my one for today. Okay. It was with a heavy heart that he signed the order. Regardless, <laughs> point being... It's like the warden in Shawshank saying, eh, it broke Clancy's heart to shoot him when he yeah, tried to escape. But, you know, we <laughs> had to do it anyway. Yes. But point being, if you're going to do something as unprecedented as this, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the token Democrat here. I'm the token liberal. There is no way, no way in hell that Joe Biden was not privy to this of prior to. Yes. No way in hell... Calling bullshit on that one. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it, it may have been warranted on a hundred different levels. As near as I can tell, it was. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering why Trump wanted to hang on to these documents to begin with. Yeah. But, yeah, the bullshit factor is so high on everything about this. It's yep. ridiculous. And the thing people forget is, you know, you really need to draw the distinction between the attorney general and the FBI. Yep. These are separate entities. Completely. The current head of the FBI, and it was somebody Chris that, uh, yeah, yeah, that Trump appointed. Okay. Yep. Yep. So this guy obviously doesn't have an axe to grind with Trump. But your attorney generals, you know, they're picked by the president. So they're going to have their best interests, not always, but more often than not, at, at heart. And the idea that the FBI has not been used as a political football in the past is absurd. Uh, but I got three words for you, J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, but it's one of those things that Americans, we hate to admit, because if, if the most prestigious law enforcement agency in the country can be bought and sold with the shifting of the winds, what hope do any of us have for any kind of justice? Message! Well, again, you know, they have been politi- politicized, politicized, mm-hmm. is that yeah. the word? Uh, going back decades, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Trump did it. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's that's not disputable. And then, again, if you study history at all, which we're not really fond of doing, 
These guys have been used as a political football since the days of J. Edgar Hoover. Well, if we you back know, up half a second, what did Trump do to, to um, use the FBI? Switch me on. As a uh, okay, you're calling me on this on the air right now? Dickweed. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. You don't really? have to make it a super explanation. Give the, me a, the whole a scenario with James Comey and firing him and like asking for his loyalty and cutting him loose because he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that? I mean, this 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 weaponization. Weaponization. Right. Yeah, going back, like I said, decades. Okay, and I won't dispute it. I was just curious. Where yeah, you were going nobody, with you know, again, you know, calling for uh, loyalty and then cutting him loose when he wasn't. And I mean, Comey was. I mean, that was the whole report with Hillary Clinton right before the 2016 mm-hmm. election. That was kind of funky. At one point, he said that she wasn't under investigation. And then suddenly she was again. Mm-hmm. And they did this like, what, a week before right. election day? I mean, I'm, I know people hold the FBI up to a very idealistic position. Right. But if you study history, it's not, it doesn't, well, put it this way. doesn't hold up to that. You know, I'll reiterate my support and respect for the, for the rank and file oh, absolutely. of the FBI. Absolutely, no doubt. And it's, you know, I guess in any organization, you know, once you get to the top, all the politicizing and you know, backstabbing that goes into climbing that ladder should, to no one's surprise, be any different than any other corporate scenario. Yeah. But it's just, it just seems like in, in recent years, again, on, on both sides of the aisle, we, we see the FBI being used as a tool, and I just thought it was above that, you know? I don't think they go down that road willingly. Um, I think, unfortunately, they feel obligated to a great extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard situation to steer yourself clear of. But yeah, the politicization of the FBI, that's not new. You know, that's not new at all. I mean, you know, study your history. That goes back to like the Kennedy years. I you guess know, I'm just a, a naive them. little hasty <laughs> in the flyover states. You see how he is, folks? See, see? It's a nice thought. <laughs> it really is. But like I said, history... This is CNN. <laughs> history doesn't, doesn't bear it out. I'm sorry. And this is nothing new, uh, unfortunately. All right, then I hope Merrick Garland uh, trips and falls into a giant hole. <laughs> Little fucking hobbit that he is. There's my second one. Um, I think at the end of the day, the whole thing's going to be a giant nothing burger. Which part? Just the entire thing. They're really? not going to find shit. They would have gotten it by now. They would have oh, blasted you, it all What do you define as finding shit? Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll do a little, a little recap on this topic, say two weeks from now. Well, the accusation was he was holding on to classified documents that mm-hmm. he shouldn't have been holding on to. You can think about it, but don't do it. Given what they've apparently recovered from Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. you can't really debate that. That actually was going on. But what you can debate is the level of illegality. Yeah. You or what, what is classified and what isn't. Because as a president, he just declassified a whole bunch of stuff. Well, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the big question is when he declassified it. Yep, you know, and that it? apparently to some things that uh, them pulling out of there, it's it's subject to the uh, attorney-client privilege rules. Yeah, so they can't be like just willy-nilly poking around in there. Yeah, but there is there is this uh, you know this white whale, this Excalibur of one more sealed document that they haven't discussed that they've got in their possession now. Yeah, which maybe is the crux of the whole thing. Well, again, they're talking about a potential violation of the Espionage Act mm-hmm. and. The question, you know, again, of why he was holding 
these documents to begin with, but you take a great big step back and try and take in the big picture, just because they could doesn't mean they should. Yeah. You know, again, this... And don't the name of these person. things fool you. I mean, Espionage Act sounds like firing squad level yeah, stuff. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? But then it? again, they just voted on something called Build Back Better, which hasn't done anything. Oh, you got to love the spin. you got to love the spin. <laughs> but yeah, again, it's, it's, okay, so he did it to what end? Right. You right. know, and I mean, you want to project what, you know, he may have mm-hmm. had intentions to speculation it's Maybe it's the list of, of all the important people that went to that island with, uh, what's his name, that hung himself in a, in a cell. Oh, Epstein? And, yeah, Jane yeah. Maxwell just pointed him in the right direction. <laughs> who knows what it is? A, a veritable cavalcade of who's who. Well, again, you have, this, you have the speculation, and then you have the reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, I've always said that uh, indulging in speculation... Is exactly that. It's indulgence. It could be photographic proof of the Loch Ness monster. He does have a golf course in Scotland. Or Bigfoot. Or well, yeah, he doesn't do anything. You don't think? No. No. Now Antifa has okay the proof of Bigfoot because that's their that's their neck of the woods. No pun intended. Yeah, (laughs) neck of the woods. But I I think (laughs) I'm thinking on my feet, baby. But I think yeah, with with (laughs) Trump having that resort in Scotland, it could very well be pictures of Nessie, or maybe compromising pictures of Nessie. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But again, getting back to a point I may or may not have made, <laughs> what, uh, what's most disturbing about this is the rhetoric that has arisen from right. it. At a time when we just really don't need any more of this shit. Yeah. I mean, just to qualify, uh, threats against Congress last year mm-hmm. peaked at 9,600. That was up from, I think, 300 back in 2015. You know, the good old days. Right. You remember those? <laughs> Uh, you know, everything is about declaring war and death mm-hmm. threats. And, I mean, this poor bastard, this magistrate judge that apparently signed off right. on the search warrant or whatever it was. Yeah, his reward is now death threats. Well, he, he was a uh, yeah, contributor to the Obama campaign. Just, just he saying. He also <laughs> contributed to the Jeb Bush campaign. Yeah. How is that even possible? How how more tone deaf could you possibly be than give money to Jeb Bush? Sleepy Jeb. I know. Low low energy, very sad. (laughs) So now I doubly don't like this magistrate. Who is this clown? But is he worthy of death threats? And like, since when did everything you do, you know, as a public servant, warrant a death threat? Who even makes death threats? Aside from the guy that just stabbed Salman Rushdie in the neck. Jesus. Speaking I know of fatwas. Well, a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that, yeah, if you, you're drunk and you get mad at something you see on CNN or Fox and you phone in your local representative and threaten them, that's a federal crime. Yeah, that kind of, that's a bad thing. Yeah. It's a bad thing. We, we don't stoop to that. Yeah. I mean, no. I might threaten you, what, 10 times a day. I don't really mean it. No, no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Usually. And I'm, yeah, I'm not holding office <laughs> at this point in time, and I'm not demanding an investigation of Johnny Deflon. It's just, <laughs> I know, John, it's not really necessary, you know? Yeah, people are jumping on this whole, you'll rue the day. And what happened in the good old days when you just tarred and feathered people? And just I know, ran them, them out of town on a rail. Right. You know? Documented it via wood carving. I was, uh, <laughs> I was actually watching Oh Brother, Where Art Thou the uh-huh. other night. And, yeah, there's a scene where this dude is like, 
like freaking out because the soggy bottom boys have like commanded the crowd and he's sure. like you know are you or are you not my constituency and they run this stupid they run a, ra- a railroad rail literally you know this big 10 by 10 by one foot railroad rail this big wooden thing mm-hmm. and prop this dude up and they run him out of the <laughs> out of the arena <laughs> on the rail you know that's that's a literal term sure you know run out of town on a rail and there seems to be a lot of people in Washington that that should happen to right, right now. Right, You know? But yeah, it's, it's I mean, you know, in, in pre-show and prep when we were discussing this, that was the main thing that really registered to me was the rhetoric that came out of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, are people are aware that the last civil war in the United States, 720,000 guys died. It was 2% of the population. It seems like some of these people are trying to will it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And to be completely clear, it's not just the right. All right, fully 25% of the 9,600 threats I was talking about mm-hmm. came from the left. Liberals do call their congressman or their senator or whatever mm-hmm. and threaten them. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no, there's no corner of the market on that. You know, and believe it or not, you know the majority of my friends in, in daily life yes. are all liberals. <laughs> wow! This is, yeah, this is the curse I wake to every day. Why do you do that to yourself? And some of which, of course, remaining nameless, are in uh, politics actively. Right. You know, right. and uh, we always have a, a, a sort of detente between us because we don't talk about politics. Right. Some gentle ribbing here and there, mm-hmm. and I. You know, my litmus test is I love to make fun of people with different views than me. Sure. But I will always begrudgingly respect those that truly believe, truly believe, and their point of view, have thought it out, have yeah. a plan, so on and so forth. But well, it's, it's now looking of... at this at this cross-section of my liberal friends, yeah. I would say yeah. it's at this point 50-50, okay. rational versus irrational. Well, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, and I'm it's... sure if, if you looked at this through the reverse lens, the same thing could be said of my Republican or conservative oh, friends. Yeah. Well, that's one of the cornerstones of the, the ethics that we have with the Riff and Rants podcast. You and I disagree on just about everything to do with politics. By the way, folks, he's wearing a tank top today. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. With a summery vacation slogan on it. And I'm also wearing a pink tutu (laughs) with ballet shoes. That's more believable. Let's let's get it all out there. No black suit, no Birkenstocks. get it on the table. (laughs) And I'm wearing a a long-sleeve football shirt because all my laundry's dirty. Go on, sir. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is I respect your right to have... An incorrect opinion. Yes. Just as you respect my right to have an incorrect opinion. We don't hit each other with chairs when we don't agree on things. You know, and I don't know why that's such a hard concept for people to understand. People forget that disagreements can be fun. It doesn't need to come to blows. It's it's (laughs) what makes horse races. You know? Right. And yes, we can we can do this without phoning in threats, mm-hmm. you know, to our respective people that, you know, I'm going to blow you up or this or that. Right. You know, we have, you know, the Timothy McVeigh's of the world, and then we have the weather underground of the world. You know, nobody's, nobody's got, a, got a, a clear path to sainthood on this. Nope. You know? And when it's all said and done, the whole thing is going to come tumbling down. That yeah. we can agree on. Yeah. And on that note, 
It's time for the middle jam. Is it really? It is time for the middle jam. I am so happy about this. Yes. I truly am. Because as usual, it's it's that light at the end of the tunnel. It's also an oncoming train. <laughs> but it's it's that light that, you know, that, that lifts us up, the wind beneath our wings. And I must say, in the spirit of bipartisanship, <laughs> this was a Johnny call. Yes. And I, I think it was a truly, truly inspired call. There was no debate about this one. No we both about said it. this needs to happen. Yes, indeed. Again, really... Just calling back to my Revenge of the Nerds you know, <laughs> anecdote. But uh, yes, our middle gem today is truly a gem by the Talking Heads called Burning Down the House. So we're going to play that for you right now, and we will be back shortly with some more things and stuff.
I think we were in agreement prior to this mm-hmm. that it's a foregone conclusion that anything by the Talking Heads is a gem. Kind sort of. story. Yeah. I mean, oof. very, very tough argument. But just about everything they did. But there is a big chasm between their well-known songs yeah. and all their other albums of stuff. Yeah, some of the It's easy to get stuff. just lost in David oh, Byrne's head. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But, uh, but yes, that was Burning Down the House. That was uh, uh, 1983 release from the head. It was the head's first top ten single. No kidding. By the way, yes, huh. yes. And uh, it's kind of interesting because the phrase, Burning Down the House, mm-hmm. Really wasn't about arson. It wasn't meant to be taken literally. Uh, according to David Byrne, it was about destroying something uh, safe that trapped you. Right. You know, and the whole concept of the house, you mm-hmm. know, back in the 80s, that, you know, suburban thing. And they were all about, you know, taking that out, you right. know, and, and, and being unsafe. And, uh, you know, pretty, pretty highbrow. Uh, goal, aim, but that's what the talking heads were. That's what were. they were about. You yeah. know, they were a very, very, quote-unquote, intelligent band. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, inspired call. Totally inspired call. If you like that one, you're going to love the last one. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Foreboding. So as we yeah. segue into Burning Down the House, uh-huh. uh, this was something that uh, stuck in Johnny's craw that I was completely in agreement with. Yeah. And that is the the uh epic unfortunate <laughs> unfortunately epic tale of P. Rose. Yes, and in, in this instance, uh poking his head up like it's groundhog day. Yeah. He uh was scheduled to appear uh an honoring of the uh, I believe it was the eighty one Phillies that won the World Series. I think so, yeah. And uh you know, looking back, even as a Mets fan, I mean, they had a great team. And he was of course an integral part of that. So they decided to get them together for the anniversary, and all that in and of itself is, is fine and good, okay? Yep, yep. And it was extra specially nice, because here we are, this is obviously a uh, Major League Baseball-sanctioned event, yeah. and yet they've seen fit to include Pete Rose. <sighs> so once again, it's kind of like rumblings on the horizon, well, yep. maybe they'll, they'll let him in the hall before he dies, and yeah. this and that. Let's fuck with Pete just a little bit more. Right. Well, yeah. all you had to do to up that ante was to make this event itself happen in Philadelphia. Oh. So we start off with him getting introduced to perhaps a low chorus of booze, but nothing too visceral, yeah. okay? Well, for Philadelphia, at least. Right. Welcome to the party, pal! Right. And then that eventually turned into cheers, and I was like, okay, fine, hey, Pete Rose, Pete Rose. Right. So after the obvious you know, photo ops and whatnot, yeah. the, uh, the local news media, and this, I'm sure some young journalists in there trying to make a name for themselves, yep. going after the 80-something-year-old Pete Rose. 83, I believe. 83. Yeah. Oof, same damn haircut, too. Yeah, right? no doubt. <laughs> Adam from Eight is Enough called. He wants his haircut back. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. But they uh, were referencing uh, an alleged instance of him having uh, sex with an underage girl. Oh, my goodness. Many, many years ago. To which, uh, when it's come up, he always defends himself by saying it happened in Ohio, where she was at least 16, which right. was the age of consent, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So rather than defer the question... Or say, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at comments on that right now. Yeah. He comes back with, <laughs> to the female journalist who initially asked it, Yes. Babe, that was 55 years ago. <laughs> Shit, no, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. <laughs> First of all, Babe is kind of a 
like a dated, yeah, just a little misogynistic word to begin just with. Just a little, babe. Not uh, <laughs> not helping your case much on that one. Yeah, Pete. not helping his case much. And then after that, because then like another guy chimed in, and he just really wanted no part of this line of questioning. Yeah. So they kind of you know sequester him away, where he's now going to join the broadcast booth. Oh God. No, man. And which he has in little snippets over the years, and actually done kind of well. He's, yeah. he's got you know a. Uh, uh, well-honed baseball mind. Right. Uh, except this time, it was full of expletives that had to get bleeped out. Oh, <laughs> boy. A bunch of guys looking at each other in the booth like, oh. And if you say a word about this over the radio, the next wings you see will belong to the flies buzzing over your rotting corpse. Boy, this yeah, was that, not planned that out too awkward well. awkward moment yeah. of silence. So again, yeah. here he is, um, almost ready to plant his flag at the peak of Mount Acceptability, Ooh. and he just turns right back into Pete Rose again. Burn that house down. You know, and as Burn I heard this house. and <laughs> saw the snippets, I couldn't help but for the first time ever join those like-minded individuals that yeah. are kind of like, you know what? Here's my third one. Sorry. Fuck him. Yeah. Keep him out of the hall. Yeah. Okay? Because, yeah, on paper, he totally should be in. If Ty Cobb's in, if Babe Ruth's in, he should be well, in. Pete is, as of today, the oldest living person on the ineligible list. Hmm. I mean, you want to talk about something that's going to make him bitter and angry. Right. You know, <laughs> until the day they put him in the ground. Uh-huh. And, I mean, yeah, you, if you're familiar with the case at all, you have to have some degree of sympathy for Pete uh, and the hypocrisy of Major League Baseball in general. Right. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, I mean, annual worldwide gross of sports betting mm -hmm. is somewhere in the 400 billion range. Right. You know, and there are people in the hall who have committed atrocities, <laughs> you know, according to the, you know, Bible of baseball. Right. And yet, Pete is somehow on the outside, sure. you know. God only knows. I mean, you got to ask yourself who's Cheerios he pissed in. Yeah. You know, to find himself in this position. You can shoot yourself up with, with, with horse pheromones, you know. <laughs> you can lie to Congress. I mean, all this is, is all good. Of it. They all call of this it. In, the, in the Major League Baseball, they call this Tuesday, okay? Yeah. But Pete, dumbass that he was, you know, what, didn't bet against his own team. No, he was just betting bet on that his they were team. Win. Yeah. Plus, it was at a time when he was the player manager, so he was almost betting on himself. Yeah. You know? And, and, as is frequently the case, the true offense in this was getting caught. Right. It wasn't the actual act. But like you had said, you know, now that gambling is shit, not just legal, but forced down our throat how many times per game? Oh, how many oh, commercials? Slovenly, lustfully embraced right. by professional sports draft all of them. and whatnot. Yeah, all of yeah. them across the board. Oh, yeah. This is like somebody, you know, is serving a, a warrant to Cheech and or Chong saying, oh, we understand that you smoked pot in yeah. 1970 when it was illegal. And exactly. We're going to lower the boom on you too. Yeah, you can find, kind of put it in that context, but then you do feel like a bit of a kick in the balls when you're defending the guy, right? and then the guy does something that just is indefensible, and you're like, Ugh. And as listeners of the show will attest, I usually have no problem defending somebody who I also want to smack in the head at the exact same time, yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> so this is really no different. I just, I'm, I'm lousy at picking heroes, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Man. And, and the thing I, I've always liked about Pete Rose, as unlikable a cuss as he's been, is that he's a self-made man. He's an yeah. American success story. And We're he talking about Charlie Hustle right, here, man. He wasn't blessed with natural talent. He worked his 
ass off. Yep. And if there's ever, like, like you mentioned once to me before, if there's ever the potential for that redemption story, here it is. Except, yeah. you know what? He doesn't want to be redeemed. Uh, at this point, <laughs> it doesn't seem... It doesn't seem Mike like Tyson. It's... Oh my God, this is the world we're living in. I'm actually saying this. Mike Tyson is a better redemption story than Pete Rose. Yeah. Michael Vick is a better redemption story yeah. than Pete Rose. Oh yeah. Well, it, it seems that Pete has given up on being humble about mm-hmm. this, or you know, I, I don't know what the term is, acquiescing right. to you know maybe I did something wrong. Yeah. He's all it, about. Calling chicks babes and chasing kids off his lawn. That's yeah. all he's about. Yeah. Right it's, it's come to that point. And you can kind of understand Babe. it, but it doesn't It doesn't make your argument if you're on the pro Pete Rose side right. at all easy. Yeah, and you it makes know? you think. Now, at this point, when he does eventually pass on, because I don't think he's immortal, you know, maybe at that point the writers are going to be like, eh, we don't got to really listen to him now, so screw it. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. They just now put in... Uh, with the last class, Gil Hodges, yep. okay, excellent ball player, excellent manager, and he got in the, like the what the old timer stipulation, right? And if it took him that long, when again the guy was a fantastic ambassador for the game, yeah. maybe he didn't have as as prolific numbers as, as Pete Rose did, but come on, he he belongs in there. I mean, it's yeah. the same sham as that other Hall of Fame in Cleveland we talk about mm, sometimes. Yeah, but. Yeah, we yeah, had to get down yeah, on people. Major League Baseball, your hypocrisy knows no bounds. Yeah, clearly, yeah, clearly. No. And for a game that really could use that that shot in the arm, yeah, to make people enjoy the taste of Cracker Jack again, what better <laughs> way to do that than to put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and I hate to bring this up, folks, but being an asshole does not exclude you from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Nowadays, I think it's a prerequisite. It may very well be. Yeah, but imagine the like the PR tour they could do. One summer, just send him to every ballpark, a little tip of the hat, yeah. wave of the hand. I think the majority of people at this point would still applaud the man and still want to see him in, in oh, Cooperstown. Yeah. Well, Americans love redemption stories. Yep. And if they would give him an opportunity to be that person. And give him some handlers, maybe. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> yeah. You know, they could save face somebody on gets their Shaq's, side. Somebody gets Shaq's people on the line, please. Seriously. <laughs> a couple commercials, you yeah. know, eat some pizza, kiss couple a baby. Of, yeah, a couple of benefits, a <laughs> couple of, you right. know, black tie events. But, yeah, could redeem I could you. do th- things to his image, like Christopher Walken did to Danny DeVito in Batman <laughs> Returns. I could have Pete Rose running for mayor of New York City inside of a year. There we Just go. Give me the chance. Yeah. Oh, good Let's lord. Turn Johnny T loose on the situation, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so that's what's up with that, folks. Yeah. And I tell you what, we're gonna scoot now right into the ever-loving third job. Let's do it. Because it, the, the, the iron is hot. We're all thinking about Pete. And this third gem is so apt for just everything about it him. It was yet another good call, <laughs> I gotta say. One of my favorite songs, and I think if they were to do a biopic of yours truly tomorrow, yeah. I want this shit to be the theme song. I just can't believe we have not used it As before drone now. Footage. Just because it is so appropriate to <laughs> yep. so many different situations. I want a camera on a drone, yep. zooming in from like a thousand feet Here it onto comes. the city streets of New York, perhaps an alley, <laughs> while this song is blasting and the credits start to roll. Yep. And I don't even know who's going to play me. I like the optic. I do. Yeah, it works. It totally works. So we're going to thrill and entertain everybody now with this hit uh, by Nazareth called Hair of the Dog. 
And no, folks, it's not called Son of a Bitch. It's called <laughs> Hair of the Dog. I know, it makes no sense. Not but it is a jammy jam with a whole lot of cowbell. Hell yeah. So we're going to play this for you, and then we'll be back with a look towards the future as well as a wrap-up. So stay tuned.
always love that song. <laughs> that, that, that song is like, let's do shots and break shit. You right. Know? And just collectively give everybody the finger. Yeah. It's yes. the epitome of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, as I'm sure you know, Johnny Teflon... That was the title track of their 1975 album of the same name. Indeed. Uh, the song title, and this is another one uh, from our gems today. Yep. The song, the song title does not appear in the lyrics at all. Not at all. Uh, very interesting. And it was the B-side of Love Hurts. No shit. And you want to talk about the yin and yang oh, yes. of a band... One side, we're doing Love Hurts. Yep. On the other side, we're dealing with a son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and, son of a, and Hair of the Dog sounds so much like a vintage, in my opinion, uh, Thin Lizzy song. Yes. Okay? Yes. But yet, Love Hurts, to me, always sounded like a hair metal ballad. It kind of does. And I lumped it with the late 80s sound of that yep. whole thing. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a weird-ass mix, which I guess just... You know, speaks to the, the talent and the group. Hey, credit to the band. Yeah. Credit to the band. They had range. They yeah. had range. Yeah. Yeah. But so. it's a good one. And yeah, it's all about just an unlikable cuss, <laughs> <laughs> which from time to time, we all play the role, folks. Nobody's a saint on these so areas. so rock and roll, man. Yep. It is so rock and roll. So, so. now we go from that to yes. the uh, part of the show, our Dunamol. Yes. That's French. Where usually I part. ask. Yeah. What's new in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Normally you ask that. Sometimes I, I have an answer, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. This time I do. Oh, good. Because I had just uh, wrapped up another full set of shows, All right. including a new episode of the Rockabilly Rumble, where we pay homage to the king. Nice. Elvis Aaron Presley. Nice. And as a sidebar, even though we already did a uh, show on the Elvis movie, yep. I'm in the middle of watching it now. No spoilers. But I'm loving the shit out of it. And I had said to Michael Sean Lee, we might just have an epic on our hands. All right. So I'll let you know, folks, how it progresses. Yep. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, Elvis is the theme. So we're going to have songs not just by him, but covers of his songs. And then, in addition, um, songs by artists about him or inspired by him. Yep. So it was a real neat, fun way to fill up the two-hour episode of the Rock and Rumble. Nice. Inspired by. Mm -hmm. There isn't anybody that came after Elvis in the rock and roll genre that does not owe to Elvis. I mean, it it wouldn't exist. Do you think, uh, and I always ask this, um, do you think Billie Eilish knows who Elvis Presley is? I can seriously question that. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. And speaking of people I hate, it also <laughs> came out in the news this week that the gun fired by Mr. Alec Baldwin on the set of Rust okay. uh, was proven by, and there's our good friends again in the FBI, right. <laughs> uh, there's no way that the gun could not have fired without somebody physically pulling the, the trigger. Really? And I guess they tried it at different cocking levels, and they, they did the drop test. Oh, no shit. And it just wouldn't go off. So, yeah, sorry, Alec. Your whole defense uh, is now up in smoke. Not sure what this has to do with Elvis, other than the fact well, I guess that I, Elvis, I went on a tangent. Well, well Elvis did have a habit of shooting televisions, from what I understand. Yes, yes. Which is like... <laughs> Who again, hasn't been there? I throw my shoe at the TV. That is so rock and roll. Right. You know? For everybody that came after Elvis who threw TVs out of, like, 20th-story hotel room mm-hmm. suites and whatnot, you owe Elvis. You that's, should, that's what the pool's there for. You should throw the TV out and scream, this is for Elvis, <laughs> while you're doing it. Now, as, as important as all of that is, yes. 
Can you hear it, Michael? Can, can you hear the thunder in the uh, distance? I, I kind of can. Okay, yeah. Oh, here it comes. That's right, folks. We're about to start football season. Oh, the mecca of just thank God. <laughs> Leaving house in the morning now. It's like in the 50s, you know. None of the leaves are crispy yet, but give it some time. Well, I have no sympathy because you're a Mets fan and I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh, yeah, so your and baseball season's just yeah, done. Yeah, it just, it's so beyond over. So this is like, I mean, I, I've got Mets baseball, at least into the entry rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. I got, uh, well, we, an unknown entity with the New England Patriots. Coming. Well, that's, that's a funny common ground that we have. Yeah. You know, Johnny is way out right field, I'm way out <laughs> left, and yet the New England Patriots... That, that binds us, there are, you know? There are and boys. then even our, our college teams, you're a USC guy, I'm a Michigan guy. Yep. I yep. think we're already rated uh, ranked number two, you know, ahead of Ohio State. And okay. That. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be at least another good season. Well, if they, if they, rate, if they uh, rated it based on scandals, uh, USC... Say, is, <laughs> <laughs> well, now right we there, did have the, uh, the school doctor that I think had sex with every female... On yeah, the and planet smoked, over the last smoked 20 crack years. And, yeah. and did heroin. So we with got them. that. You know, and then we had the, the gynecologist, the out-of-control gynecologist. Mm. And then, of course, we had Harvard, what was it called? Uh, Varsity Blues. Yes. Yeah. USC, right in the thick of all of them. Nobody does scandal like my alma mater, <laughs> damn it. You can hang your hat on that. I'm telling there you. There you go. Yeah. But look, it's, I don't give a shit. So now I, I, <laughs> I get to look forward to Saturdays, <laughs> watching college ball. Sundays, watching NFL. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, football is the only sport where I could just sit and watch any game. Shit. Yep. I'll go out in a non-creepy way and go watch a local high school game. Oh, yeah. I don't care. No. As long as there's the clank of helmets, people screaming out in pain, that's America right there. It's good stuff. It's good stuff it's good all stuff. around. We're talking gladiators yeah. here. So, yeah. unfortunately, we got to wait a little bit longer for college. That's about three weeks away, but... NFL preseason's already started. We're coming up on it. You yep. know, as a sports fan, this is the Valhalla time of the year right now. Yep. And now you that know? COVID's over, hopefully I can make a return to Gillette Stadium, perhaps with your sorry carcass in tow. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. I think we're just possible. overdue to sit yeah, in the Yeah, if we can afford the $1,500 <laughs> like, ticket price to go see right? the Patriots Up there days. pontificating like Statler and indeed, Waldorf. Indeed, they have seats at Gillette Stadium that aren't even in the same zip code yeah. as the playing field. And it's a steep, for those who have never been there, like a lot of modern stadiums, it's very steep. Yeah. So you're getting a leg workout, like just getting up to that level. Yep. So I'm one of those people that once I sit down, and really for any game, because I'm, <laughs> I'm old now, but once I sit down, my ass ain't getting up for nothing. I'm telling you. Yeah. But yeah. I look forward to, uh, you know, hopefully going and seeing a game, get one of their collectible big plastic mugs they do every year. Yep. I've yep. got a bunch of seasons worth. Oh, and no, I don't even get beer in it. I get the uh, the Dunkin' Donuts special. Do you really? All right. <laughs> it's probably like, All a, right. like a quart of coffee. And they oh, yeah. Well, you need that stuff. jolt of caffeine to get up to those seats. And something you to know? keep you warm. Yeah. yeah. I will never forget my first Pats game. I, I was so beyond ecstatic. All right. Because here I was, a fan of theirs for over 15 years, living in Jersey. Wow. So you can't get Patriots games I down there or anything, say, you know? man. So finally, when I moved to uh, New England on business, I got a chance, and I took one of my buddies from Jersey with me yeah. to go to this game. It was... Um, this is back pre-Gillette Stadium in the old oh, days? Oh, no. This is when Gillette was still relatively new. It probably was... That was a couple years old, because they opened it up in, what, uh, 2001? I right believe. around then, yeah. So it was 08 when I went to the first okay. game. It yep. was the yep. Thanksgiving game, or two or three days after Thanksgiving. 
Nice. Bitter cold. Of course. Horizontal sleet the whole day, <laughs> right? Nice. They actually didn't even have gloves in the stadium. And this everybody's is the New England hit, football yes. experience that Johnny is describing Everybody's here. hands, including mine. And I'm, I'm a, look, I'm a January birthday. I'm a cold weather baby. I yep. dig it. My hands were frozen. <laughs> and of course, sitting in the seats, I got two giant ham hock dudes sitting on either side. <laughs> So all of the, the moisture, the, the sleet and the rain is collecting on their giant parkas and then dripping down onto me. Nice. So I'm just soaking wet to the bone, yep. freezing my ass off, yep. but I'm having a hell of a time. Hell yeah. And of course, they're playing the Steelers, who did kick our ass that day. Did they really? Yes. Oh. And just like everybody says, the Steelers are a very well-traveled team. They are. It's by the grace of God that the guy sitting in front of me didn't do the Lambo leap the other way over the <laughs> railing. Because I swear to God, if he had yelled something about Troy Palomalu one oh, more time. Man. Come on. Do it. 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 He yeah. was going over the railing. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So yeah, so that's what you know, New England sports does to a mild-mannered nice. person like myself. Nice. That is the experience right there. Oh yeah, and I, I was hooked. Totally friggin' hooked at that point. Yep. And uh, I, I've done good every year, you know, trying to get to normally like one preseason, one regular, you yep. know. Yeah. And uh, I even got a chance to bring my dad up to some games because he's, of course, a Giants fan. And it was just like a nice thing we did every year. Nice. But uh, COVID kind of ruined that, so. Yeah, it kind of monkey-wrenched a lot of things. And yeah. it's like, regardless of the fact that apparently it's still kicking around, mm-hmm. fuck it, it's behind us. Yeah. We're not going to succumb no, to that nonsense no more. again. We're done. Oh, and as a last little like snippet before we go, yeah. Did you see that the uh, the scientific community, whoever the fuck this is, that's right. number four, by the yeah. way. Um, they're going to rename monkeypox so that <laughs> it, yes, so that it doesn't draw negative connotations to monkeys, boy lovers. Well, no, oh. to people from any region or country or area of the globe, boy lovers. Or people who engage in any specific type of activity. Right. Boy lovers. Yeah. I read this and I'm like, are you shitting me? You know, if I was a monkey, <laughs> I'd be offended. You know, I'd be. I'd, the it was the monkey's lobby. one, the, probably the best shot a monkey had at fame since King Kong. Probably true. And they snatched it they, right after my yeah, feet. Yeah, took it away from him. Unbelievable. Uh, shocking. Shocking. So we'll leave you, the good folks at home, to, to ponder that. <laughs> like, what are you going to call it now? Right. We'll we'll do a follow up episode on that. So the top ten now, list of right. the most likely alternative names. See? We can run Next with episode. this. We can totally. So for now, folks, thanks for joining us on this our one hundred and twentieth episode oh. of the Riffs and Rants podcast. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon and I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. You're listening to Big Boom Radio, rock and roll heaven, 24-7, featuring all genres of this little thing we call rock and roll. And you've got several different ways to listen in. Go directly to BigBoomRadio.com, or use two of my favorite apps, Live 365, or TuneIn. Both are free and available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Big Boom Radio, rock and roll heaven, 24-7.